I always want to be in the Christmas spirit. From the time I can remember, all the way back to being a little boy, it was so important for me to be in the Christmas spirit. But if there's ever a year where being in the Christmas spirit would really be challenging, isn't it this one? Doesn't mean we can't be in it. But what a challenge. I know as a kid, if I didn't feel like I was in the Christmas spirit, I was really bummed. I'd get really melancholy about it. So I'd try really hard to stir up that spirit as a kid. And here are some of the things I would do. It's kind of a mixed bag. I'd usually start hoping I could light the fire or get it going with the Charlie Brown Christmas special. And then I'd add a little Rudolph to that. Um, my mom uh, would start playing Christmas music right around Thanksgiving, sometimes even a little before that, but I think Thanksgiving. And so with her playing her Christmas music and uh, making Christmas cookies that just w- seemed to go on and on, and I was great at stealing them because I'd reach down underneath. She never knew it happened, I guess. But I love that. That would work, getting the tree up at our house. Something very special to me was being blessed growing up in a church, a Baptist church here in town. And uh, all through the December month, they would sing Christmas hymns on Sunday morning. And I loved that as a kid. Whether it was Bill Powell or Dick Bigley or Tim Higson, Sonia's dad, they'd stand up and say, turn in your hymn book. I like to hold it to number 125 or whatever, and we would sing those great Christmas songs. That would usually get me there. But what would always get me there, and maybe it's getting you there, is our Christmas Eve service we would have. And and as much as I loved the singing and the gospel, what I really loved was the box of chocolates they gave all the kids when we left that had Rudolph or Santa Claus on them, and I was in the spirit by then. I know throughout the month I would lie on my living room floor, and uh, as my sister said in one of her recent Facebook uh, videos, they had a little Christmas uh, Santa Claus plastic toy sleigh, um, which was mine. Let God be true. Uh, it was mine, and I loaned it out. But I would, I would just love that. I'm playing with that in front of the tree, looking at our manger scene. Um, would usually do it for me, long before the presents. But we grow up, don't we? We grow up, life gets harder, life gets hard. Not only heavenly blessings, but there are also heartaches that happen. And we, grow, we go through the stuff, and everybody in the world, everybody in the world, this past year has gone through stuff. Stuff that came to us unwelcomed from the outside. To join the stuff that we go through on the inside. It makes it hard. One of the reasons that we chose O Holy Night throughout this month as our Christmas song and then highlighting the phrase, a thrill of hope, is because if there's ever a time that we need to know that God not only offers hope, but by a work of his presence can bring a thrill of hope inside our lives. And so whether or not you are in, and if you're not, boy, you're not alone. If you're not in the, quote, Christmas spirit that the world talks about with the fa-la-la-la-la and the jingle bells and all that good stuff, there is a Christmas Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, who is near all of us right now because he's a compassionate God and he wants to help us.
He wants to help us. The song goes, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. I'm going to talk about that tonight. The soul feeling its worth. To me, the true spirit of Christmas is just this. The soul the soul of a man, the soul of a woman, the soul of every little kid, knowing that God values them deeply, and he's proven it by giving us his son so that our soul could feel its worth. That birth, that birth, the birth that we're talking about, this event described in O Holy Night, he appeared and the soul felt its worth. See, God wanted to do something more than had ever happened before in the world. He wanted to bring about a soul change. Did anybody else beside me just think of soul train? You grew up in the 70s. A soul change. As Charles Wesley wrote in the song Hark of Herald Angels Sing, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. The soul can feel its worth by a second birth. That's the Christmas capital S spirit. The Holy Spirit, God has made a promise. The promised one comes he would make his appearance by a birth, and that birth would tell us that God had a passionate love for our lost and turbulently troubled souls. Jesus said it this way in a question, is anything worth more than your soul? Not to God. The soul, the you of you, the me of me, that's what the soul is. The souls of men wander and wonder about their identity, who am I, about belonging, about meaning and purpose. Whether your soul is uh, 8 years old or 18 years old or 28 or 58 or 88, the soul and this birth would bring an action into the world to bring our soul back to life. That's what the birth is about. This son from heaven's kingdom was going to come and seek the lifeless and the helpless souls of the world. God the Father was going to come to convince us in this appearing that heaven's king was seeking a real treasure. Your soul, my soul, the me of me, the you of you, in God's eyes, is the treasure in the world. The treasure that heaven's king sought to raise again to its creator's intended place, your soul and mine, in the place and space of his amazing grace. So I wanted to share with you just a couple passages that tell people how you can experience the Christmas, capital S, spirit. The Christmas spirit is discovered, and it's discovered where it's always discovered, at the feet of Jesus. From birth, through his ministry, to the cross, to the tomb, to the right hand of the Father, where he is tonight. It starts at the manger. That's why we're here. 
Something happened at a manger. And it, it, let's go back again to the shepherd's story in Luke. In the second chapter, verse 10, it says, An angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Heaven has offered the chance of hope for everybody, to all the people, all the people. Heaven came down. The angels are sent to the outcasts. Think of where he, they could have gone, to the temple, to the king, to the high priest. No, they went to these poor and lowly shepherds and said, don't be afraid, God is birthing a new chance for you and for all the people. I bring you, plural, everybody, good news of a great joy. A great joy for you. That's a feeling, but more than a feeling. God is going to create a place of residency in the soul of everyone who will receive this king born this day. What is this? God is giving the whole world, every person in the world, God is giving a savior. A savior. Someone who can save me. So the angel lovingly tells these hardworking night shift men of no renown, heaven will even give you a sign because he doesn't want you to look and not find it. He's even going to give you a sign that will not only tell you who the Savior is, but open your eyes to something brilliant and incredible about your Creator. This will be the sign. You'll find a baby in a cattle trough. Before the manger got Christianized, it was a place where the cattle would put their face and eat their food. He's coming down as low as can be so that the lowest of the lowest can get up as high as God longs for them to be in intimacy with him. He's giving his own son to you to save you. So they go and see, and it's exactly as the angel said, listen, God will always do exactly what he says. When he guides, he will lead me exactly where he wants me to go. And so the Christmas spirit is discovered, but then it's described in the 20th verse, and it says the, the Christmas spirit, catch this, the shepherds returned, they saw all this, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Let's go deeper. The Christmas spirit is about discovering something at the feet of Jesus, and it's, it goes deeper than that. What it was all intended for was this. God wants you and I to be able to feel the Christmas spirit through forgiveness received. I love the stories in the Gospel of Luke because they're not mentioned, especially the birth narratives, they're not mentioned in any other Gospel. Here's one that I love maybe as much as I love the appearance to the shepherds. 
It's the one in the story of John the baby's birth. You say, no, it's John the Baptist. No, he wasn't a Baptist yet. He was, he was a, a John the baby before he became a Baptist. He would, hey, raise your hand if you're watching or, or write on the comments, I was born a Baptist. Were any of you born a Baptist? I mean I, I mean, I was raised a Baptist and I didn't know there was any other kind of Christ, Christian church but a Baptist church. Not that that's wrong, but, but that's not true. And I'm so thankful for my Baptist roots, but I'm also thankful for my Pentecostal heritage as well, because I'm a Baptocostal, which I, I, I appreciate it. I got a lot of Bible in the Baptist church, and I came aware of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in the life, so that uh, I, would, I would be a, a, a Bible-filled, spirit-filled believer. So before John was a ba- he wasn't a Baptist, by the way, he baptized. That John was a baby, his father, filled with the Holy Spirit, talks about the forgiveness that we can receive. Receive. It's ours now, but we have to receive it. It's always been offered and settled with God. He has no problem with forgiving you, me. He wants us to experience forgiveness. Here's how John's father describes it in the first chapter. He's talking about his baby boy, and he says, you'll go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. Wouldn't that be a great prayer to start praying for our baby boys and our baby girls and our kids and our grandkids? That they would go in their life before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. And here's what John would do. By doing this, he would give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God. Notice the word knowledge. It means way beyond knowing something in your head or having information. It is an experiential knowledge. Epigenoso, meaning experiencing what you know. Experiencing that you, what you know that God forgives sins. That's what God wants to do for us tonight. God wants us to experience forgiveness by the power of the Christmas Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. He offers an experience of forgiveness. The real experience of knowing Him comes through the experience of being forgiven of all your sins. One of the greatest needs inside of the me of me and the you of you is to experience forgiveness of your sins. The introductory moment is through the door of a forgiveness experience. God longs for everyone to know the experience of being totally, experiencing knowing. You're totally, completely, wholly forgiven of all your sins. Be of good cheer. I have good news. Tonight for you, a Savior has been born. And you can find him. The sign to prove to you that he's coming down even into the deepest places of your need is he will lay the first night of his existence on earth in a cow feeding trough. We can feel forgiveness when we receive it. When we receive it, would you receive it without earning it? Even the tough ones, even the ones that people won't let go of, God is already willing to let go. And you know what? He'll even forgive Christians. 
And he really wants Christians for, to forgive Christians. Forgiveness received is the Christmas spirit. And he can give us the power to experience it. Intimacy with God comes first through forgiveness. Second, we can feel the spirit of Christmas through favor believed. Favor believed. Forgiveness received, favor believed. John's father says it this way, to grant us. That's a grace word. If someone gives you a grant, you don't have to pay it back. It's given freely without earning it. To grant us freely without earning that we might serve him. The word is lutro. It means worship. Worship and serving, serving and worship without fear, in holiness positionally, and in positional righteousness before him all the days of our life. We don't earn our way into righteousness. We don't earn our way into holiness. We are positioned there, and then we grow in it, and it manifests out of intimacy, out of intimacy. It's an offer. It's a gift. It's Christmas. We can feel the spirit of Christmas by favor believed. Here how he describes it in the 78th verse. Through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness, the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. That's what's offered to us tonight. Fresh, new. Long lay the world... In sin and error, pining, longing, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Heaven's offer to the whole world is summarized in what the shepherds heard after the one angel spoke. A multitude of God's heavenly army appeared, praising God and saying to us this, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men, granted, offered, without earning. That's the gospel. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go. We're gonna, let's get into this. Let's receive this forgiveness that's being offered. And let's, let's head toward this goodwill that God wants us to discover. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come. Let's experience it. The Lord has made it known to us. Now, we're going to believe that we're all going to receive it fresh tonight as we sing Silent Night. We do it every year. And you know what? I'm going to believe that this might be the most memorable of all because we are stepping into something that we could have easily said, you know what? There's too much going on. There's too much snow. There's too much pandemic. And let's just write it off this year and, and we'll pick it back up next year. No, 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 no. No. By the grace of God, we've come together tonight here on our grounds and you watching with us to get ready to receive forgiveness, and step into favor. Because when we step into God's grace, God is granting us space to find and fulfill our place. Our place in our life. Before we sing, I want to share a story that I just read this morning. about, a, And it was a post from one of our LOH members. 
It was by a young lady, a pastor's daughter, about a Christmas Eve service. Here's how she writes. The year my dad, who was a pastor at the time, was caught in his addiction, the church leadership asked him and my mom to not attend the Christmas Eve service. The investigation was ongoing and they wanted him to step back while it happened. What they didn't count on, I don't think, was for me to show up at that service. I have a deep commitment to tradition, so when my parents said we weren't going to the service, I resolved to go myself. Under the weight of uncertainty and the fear of what I had su suspected might just be a true accusation, I showed up to the candlelight service. Families were there to celebrate. It was Christmas after all. I found my usual spot at the front and as the first carols rang out, my tears began to fall. I felt like an imposter. I was a cloud of grief and darkness amidst a cheerful celebration. I felt guilty dampening the time of rejoicing. As I sat, I found myself saying to Jesus, I'm ruining your party. But it was his response in that moment that changed Christmas for me forever. He said to me, I came to that manger as a baby, not for those in celebration, but for those in mourning. I came for you in this moment right here. For the first time in my relatively easy life, I was tasting heartache. And oh, if only I knew how much more would come. And it was there that Jesus showed me the heart of Christmas. Jesus stepped down to pursue the broken and the hurting and the lost. If this year broke you down, isolated you, left you grieving or fearful or hurt, I want you to know that you don't have to muster up cheer. You don't have to feel like a downer in the midst of celebration. You can sit at the feet of a Savior who came for you right where you are now. Because that's how Emmanuel works. It's God with us in the dirt, giving us hope in the face of despair, as Isaiah promised. Those who walk in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in spaces of deepest darkness, a light has dawned. As we sing tonight, as you stand with us and sing, I'm thinking of those who are waiting to hear about a miracle taking place in a loved one who is on a respirator in the hospital. I'm singing tonight remembering those who have said goodbye to someone who passed away near and dear to them over this past year due to this pandemic or something else. I'm singing tonight, we're singing tonight, wanting those who are wondering if they can meet their financial need because there are no finances due to this lockdown. 
in this shutdown. I am singing tonight, we are singing tonight, and God is with those of us who don't feel it and feel pressured to feel it and stir it up. We don't have to. He comes to you right where you are and just allow him to forgive and grant to you his presence simply because he wants to and you need it. So as we sing, my prayer is that the grace of Jesus will come down upon you and you and I in our soul can experience the spirit of Christmas in Jesus' name. You ready to sing and celebrate him and allow him to minister to us in our hurt, our fear, our confusion, our worry, our sorrow? He's here.